Hello and welcome back to In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. And joining me as always, Chippenham's finest, Calvin, how are you, mate? Yeah, good afternoon, Stevie boy. Um, I'm all good, mate. It's, it's Friday and the, the sun is shining and the weather has been absolutely fantastic, hasn't it, this week? I don't know whether it's been the same for you. You know how much we love to talk about the weather on this podcast. Sure, we're English, mate. That's what we do best. Either that or moaning, right? Uh, and I'm pretty good at both of those, if you haven't noticed, over time. But uh, no, I'm, I'm great, mate, to be, to be perfectly honest. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Uh, the sun is shining over here. And you, you, you've even bought a, a yellow hat for the occasion, which is, uh, which is very nice. It's very, very bright, I have to say. Yeah, mate, you've got to keep it. You know, you know me and wearing a hat indoors. Uh, it's just one of those days I had to pop out to the chemist uh, for the missus earlier. And you know when you just can't be asked to do your hair? And I was like, ah, yeah, I'll just stick a hat which, on. Which for you is most days, right? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Pretty- Unless, unless to, I need to, I'm not bothering. I'd love to see the the hat collection. I mean, if if if, if it's anything like your shirt collection, I bet it's pretty impressive. Have you got like a spare room just for your beanies? Because I feel like every time we podcast, you're wearing a different one. It's like, what's what's he going to wear today? Yeah, well, it's not as extravagant as the shirt collection. Uh, I mean, that would be some achievement, I think. Uh, and yeah, even when you came down to the Brentford game. After the game, you're like, I'm just going to buy a beanie. I was thinking, <laughs> have you not got enough? Well, I think, look, I had to that day. I didn't bring one over with me. As you know, look, I didn't, I wasn't staying the night or anything. So I had no bag or anything to, to, to have one in the back pocket or anything. So, and afterwards, look, we'd sat up in the upper tier. It was pretty chilly, wasn't it? And the weather was absolutely atrocious, as it always is when I come over. So I was just like, I'm just getting one. Because there's nothing worse, mate, than when you're freezing cold and, you know, you've been up since four o'clock in the morning. And, you know, you're not going to get home till one o'clock the following morning. Um, yeah, cold and tired, mate. It's not a great combination, is it, to be honest? Cold, moist and tired. It was a wet one as well, wasn't it? Um, and that concludes the weather report for this morning. Yeah. <laughs> this week's weather update brought to you by Stephen Calvin, yeah. So, listener, you join us on Friday, the 25th of March. We were meant to record yesterday, but... Um, my laptop decided to uh, just just not work. Basically, was was not in the, was not in the mood, so we we postponed it today. Um, we nearly had to cancel again today when I when I just spilled coffee all over the carpet. Um, hopefully that hopefully that will come out. I'll keep you updated on that. It's just drying at the moment. Uh, not a, we need not the a good updates way. That we're living for. We're living for these updates on the Arsenal podcast. Steve's carpet um, and look, I'm sure you might have gathered this over time. Oh, Steve is one clumsy bastard uh, to say the least. And if he's not spilling coffees or pints at the game, he's spilling them at home. <laughs> Basically, in conclusion, Steve has no spatial awareness. Literally. Um, anyway, moving swiftly on, moving swiftly on. Mm. Two games to talk about. Um, I know it's it's been a week, really. Um, you know, and over a week since Liverpool. Mm. I'll preface this with this. You know, I said at the start of last week, after Leicester, I'd, I'd I'd bite your arm off for six points out of nine. Mm-hmm. We took the six points. Uh, obviously, lost to Liverpool on the fifth, on the Wednesday, which was a little bit disappointing. But I think most of us deep down, you know, expected us to lose. And and I said before the game, you know, and I, we spoke, and I said, listen, I just want us to give us give a good account of ourselves. You know, like you said when we we were discussing the week ahead, right, with those three games in a week, and Dreamland was nine points. Six points would be great and bare, bare minimum would be four. Um, so, you know, to come out with six is 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 absolutely fine. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think that's that's a solid result out of the three games. And it's, you know, when you go into that Liverpool game, I think, you know, I kind of said to, to you and James 
in one of the group chats there that, you know, I was a little bit disappointed and it felt like a bit of a free hit. Um, and, and I say a bit, you know, because at the same time, you'd, you know, we've seen so many times we play the big teams and we don't necessarily show up. It's like we've already given up before the ball's been even kicked. Um, and, you know, I was disappointed coming out to it or coming out of the back of that game because, you know, you can only feel feelings that, are, you know, generated through the throughout the game. And I think, you know, like you, you know, you wanted to see and it was, we wanted to try and stand toe to toe. You know, we had a blueprint to look back on and that was the Man City game where we really competed well with them um, and unfortunately lost the game. Uh, so we came out of that feeling all right, to be honest, even though we did lose. The Liverpool game was a little bit more frustrating, I think. You know, they're just so, so well set up. They're so hard to break down. Um, but for the first 50 minutes until they scored, you know, we, we really did give them a... <sighs> Not a great game, but, you know, we stood up to it, right? Uh, I thought we went about our business really, really well. Um, we didn't create a vast amount, which, look, for Arsenal is not always the case. It would create a, an abundance of clear opportunities, but there was obviously one opportunity we did have not long before they scored their goal. Um, so, nil-nil, uh, which, you know, it wasn't for our fantastic football. Um, it was for a Liverpool mistake and... Look, with it, maybe we don't need to go into the ins and outs of it. If we maybe had a better striker, blah blah blah. But you know that was definitely one case where, you know, I think I think if we had someone with a bit more, bit more pace and a bit more confidence in front of goal, um, you know, Lacazette would have been, you know, that striker would have been finishing their dinner instead of looking to set up Odegaard, who yeah, probably should have scored as well. So look, I think it's you know I felt that not massively deflated. I felt a little bit deflated after the game because because of that opportunity and. You know, going one nil up, it would have been interesting to see how the rest of the game would have panned out. It's not necessarily saying we were going to win, but imagine if you managed to to get a one-one uh, instead of a you know two nil loss. You know, that would have been seven points instead of six. Uh, so that would have been fantastic. But look, overall, you know, we we did give them a game, but once they went one nil up, it it did feel like you know we weren't necessarily going to get back into it, not without trying, because I felt the lads didn't give up, which is great, because that's another. Another good quality about this team is, you know, they never, never say die attitude. And again, we've seen so many games against the big boys where, yeah, you just buckle, right? Um, once, one, two, three, especially against Liverpool, we've seen it many times. But, you know, on reflection, both goals weren't great to concede, naturally. Um, you know, not to, to point too many fingers at Ramsdale because that's such a great season. But I think any goalkeeper would be very disappointed with uh, conceding the goal he did. Again, the defending was the one time where, you know, Cedric went went walkabouts for a little, you know, momentary there, which you know enabled the the split pass to be played. Um, and look, it's it's just one of those games, isn't it, where the bit of a free hit we did, you know, put up a bit of a fight um, for fifty minutes, and then it was kind of it, it did die out the game, unfortunately, after that. But look, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not, it's one of those, isn't it? As soon as the game's done, I think we're all, all of us and hopefully, well, not clearly, all the lads were saying the same thing afterwards in the dressing room. That look, done and dusted, kept us in custard. Um, and yeah, let's let's just crack on and focus on the next game. This bin that off. Let's not dwell on it. Uh, and then go to Villa, which we did very well. I would agree with everything you say. Apart from the, the free hit, I don't really like that term. And mm. I've said it before, actually, and I sort of would take it back. It, I guess it was a measure of how far we've come and you obviously want to be competitive in these games. 
Um, you know, as, as a football fan, as an Arsenal fan, you know, whenever you lose a game of football, you're always going to be disappointed, you know, regardless of, of who you're playing. Um, but yeah. like you, I wasn't particularly that bothered um, in the grand scheme of things. I, you know, I started looking at the bigger picture, the three games in six days w- was massive. It was a real a real task and a real challenge. And, and we came through that. Um, so I feel like it was a very good week, obviously, like you said there, like the goals, Disappointing, wasn't it? You know, we, we, yeah, we've all seen it. We all know what happened. Both of them were, you know, could have been avoided, I guess. But listen, yeah, credit to Liverpool. You know, exceptionally, exceptionally uh, well-drilled uh, team. And you you look at their front line. It's just, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's just Phenomenal, goals. It? It's, yeah. And, you know, when, when you've got Salah coming off the bench for Jota, it's like, wow. I, th- I think you sort of um, summed it up perfectly. And when we moved on to Villa, I'd say like before the game, I, you know, I was I was not as confident as I usually am. And, and I say that because like, obviously first you have to remember we had the, the three games in six days. So you've got to think of fatigue and fitness levels. My, my biggest concern was, you know, how we react after that defeat. You know, we, we've yeah, seen, yeah. you know, a few times this season when we've lost the game, um, the wheels sort of come off a little bit and it sometimes takes us a few weeks to sort of get back on track. And, I mean, I don't think it was necessarily the best performance, but I think that's because the players were just, you know, dead on their feet. Um, mm. It had been such an intense week. Yeah, I mean, look, you can't fault what the lads did. I think that's probably what you're saying now. Yeah. You know, Villa Park's never been an easy ground to go to, right? I mean, and again, how many times do we have to say it that there's no game in the Premier League, which is easy, really, unless you play in Norwich, I guess. Um, yeah, there, there is no easy game in, in the Premier League these days. Um, and away trips were particularly difficult, especially after all the effort that was put in against Liverpool. Um, you know, because you look at it through the prism of Arsenal as well. Like we don't have the biggest squad. We know this. You know, our starting eleven is our starting eleven pretty much, with a couple of decent-ish players to come in, um, and that's about it. And then obviously, I, I think I can probably feel where your maybe lack of confidence came from. I mean, we had to make a couple of changes, obviously, which you don't know how that's going to go. You know, Martinelli couldn't play. Great that we've got Smith Rowe coming in, um, so it's not too bad. But I think one of the not, wasn't a massive concern, but you were intrigued to see how it played out. And that was, you know, Ramsdale's so important to how we play out from the back and he's got such great presence. But, you know, Leno coming in was a small concern for most of us, I think, if we're honest. Um, now, luckily, look, he is a, he is a good he's a good keeper, mate. Um, he proved that before. He just wasn't quite to the levels that we wanted when it came to playing out from the back. And that was one aspect I thought we might miss. But it was a... I think there's a few games we've played lately where you go in and you feel a little bit nervous, but at the same time, once the game starts unraveling in front of your eyes, you gain that confidence. They weren't great on the day, Villa, to be perfectly honest, especially in that first half. Um, and we just didn't allow them anything because, uh, you know, I was talking about how well Liverpool is set up for the, for the game against this. How well are we set up? Our shape at the minute is it's phenomenal, um, absolutely phenomenal. And the discipline we show off the ball in particular is... It's unusual for us, right? Because I think we've seen such calamity performances over so many years that it's just, you know, it's a weird thing to look at and think, oh, this is great. Just having solid shape in general is, is, is great. Obviously, you were at the game um, in the sunshine for that half 12 kickoff. Um, look, you know, the atmosphere is always, always great anyway. And then it, how was it on the, on the day? It was it was, it was pretty rocking. The new uh, Mikel Arteta song was, was uh, going throughout, which, you know, I know it's a, uh... 
it's been stolen from Chelsea, but listen, everything's stolen, right? Um, Absolutely. Every football song. These people who criticise other clubs and fan bases for stealing songs, it's, it's literally like everything's just a carbon copy of everything else, right? Um, but it, it was great. It was a great atmosphere. And, you know, once again, you really felt that connection between uh, the players, uh, yeah, the club and the fans. Um, it, 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 it's, a, it's a real feel-good time at the moment. Um, I, I, I want to touch upon Leno actually. Yeah, I thought I thought he was really really good, and um, you know he steps up and yeah he he did a great job. I think great professional as well. I think when you look at that, um, to yeah. yeah, I haven't heard a peep out of him all season. To be perfectly honest with you, um, and it not that he has every right to be annoyed. Well, he probably does. I mean, you know, you were a num- you only bought a few couple of years ago to be Arsenal's number one, and now you know. You started the season as our number one, um, and then within a few games, you know, you haven't played since. So that's that's hard to take on the chin. So, and we know, look, he's probably looking for a move in the summer, and you can't blame the chap um, as as much as I'd love to keep him keep him as our number two with potentially, um, you know, more games to play next season. Um, that would be fantastic. But yeah, I, I don't think I could argue him moving on and you know wanting to give himself regular first team football. Um, but yeah, he think- looks. Do you not think he looks younger now? He looks less stressed. I'm not surprised, mate. The few years that he was, uh, you know, our number one. Jesus Christ, must have been an incredibly stressful experience. Um, playing behind David Luiz, you know, who else did we have? Pablo Marie. I mean, the, the list just goes on, doesn't it? Did he play behind yeah. the staff for, for a bit? Probably. Pro- probably. Kalazanac. That would, that would age a five-year-old, to be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that would age Benjamin Button. but no I think you know it was great scenes at the end Uh, I know we're kind of just jumping ahead there but you know to see you know you know make everyone you know everybody wanted to congratulate him he didn't have a massive amount to do right in the game he didn't but what he did have to do he did very well Um, and that's what that's all you can ask for as a goalkeeper Um, and that shows the level that some of the best keepers that you'll see at the elite level are the ones that don't have bugger all to do for 85 for 90 minutes but the one thing they do have to do they do it very well and it's concentration. Um, so, you know, he wasn't put under too much pressure, but he yeah. was really happy. Yeah, no. It's funny, actually, because I remember, well, I think we mentioned it on here before, there's a podcast with um, former Sheffield United and QPR keeper, uh, Paddy Kenny. And he actually mm. says that. He said that the games where you're under the cosh uh, uh, are less yeah. stressful than when uh, you're dominating because you've got really, you know, when the ball's down the end, he said you've got to concentrate a lot more. It's, the, it's a build-up of nervous energy, right? It's because, like, also when you play out pitch, you, you know, once you start playing, you you, you kind of forget about it because you're in the moment um, and you're too busy concentrating on what what the game is doing around you when you play out pitch. And you know, the only time you know I ever got nervous energy when I was an outfield player was pre-game. That was it. Um, but when you're in goal, that that could remain throughout the whole game because um, it's those little pre. You know, you, you might have had nothing to do for half an hour other than the old goal kick, and then. Corners, for example, you get a little bit of nervous energy before they come in because obviously you're expected to dominate your, you know, your six and eighteen yard area. So, yeah, it's that. It's concentration. Um, it's the fact that you need to constantly be, you know, concentrating on 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 the game in front of you and being completely aware of what you need to do. So, to see, you know, Leno have that, you know, in abundance, especially when you think, you know, he hadn't played first team football for a long, long time. It was it was really really good to see because that that defines what the top level goalkeepers are. It's it's being able to be called upon 
you know, as I just said, when you, when you haven't had a great deal to do. Uh, and that's what stands out because I, I completely agree with what Paddy Kenny says. Again, like like I just touched upon, when you were playing out pitch, generally the game's going on around you quite a lot. So you don't really have a lot of time to think about what might happen because you're just busy reacting to what everything's going on around you where, you know, as he said, when you're busy in a match, it's kind of like being out pitch. The game is constantly going on around you so you don't have that buildup of nervous energy. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think it, it was great to see. Um, but let, let's just go back, I guess, to the... To that first half, uh, where we, you know, we really started the game very well. Um, again, Thomas Party in the centre mid was different gravy. Uh, he has been since the turn of the year, hasn't he? To be honest with you, and he's really pulling the strings in that in that centre of the the pitch. But what what did you make of Saka's goal? I guess I'll you know throw that over to you too, because there weren't many clear cut chances. That was, and that, that wasn't clear cut either. To be honest, no, with you. it came out of nowhere, really, didn't it? Um, hmm. Just a sort of. You know, nine times out of ten, those those sort of shots usually sort of in that melee to take a deflection or end up anywhere for it to go through. Um, yeah, he took it well, didn't he? he had, I thought he had a really good game, but yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a lot really, was there? To be honest, you looking back, there wasn't an abundance of, of opportunities. It was it was a sort of game where it, it was it was going to be won uh, by a fine margins, uh, and and I think you could definitely sense and feel that. You know, there was a there were the, the team was tired, right? It was such a, a hectic week. The only yeah, clear cut chance I can think of before the goal was um set up by Saka, I believe, and that was Smith Rowe's opportunity. Yeah, um, he, he, I mean, look, Smith Rowe, when you're I don't know, maybe we've just come accustomed to him just tucking those in. Um, wasn't the greatest of efforts, it was quite early on, so maybe I'll give him a little bit of excuse. And again, look, when you win and you eventually get the three points, you don't worry about it too much, but that was a that was probably the only really other good opportunity in the first half. Um, and in the second half, we were, you know, obviously Villa pressed us much better, um, which obviously gave us a little bit more to think about, made it harder to to dominate the ball as much. And again, there weren't many clear-cut opportunities. There was, you know, Lacazette had one of his lesser days, I would say, from a Lacazette perspective. Yeah, he wasn't... Um, wasn't on the top of his game, was he? Um, I think I, I think he was just knackered. So it was a sort of game where you, you I guess you rely on a bigger squad, right? For, yeah, mean, that's the thing. We don't have that ability to rotate. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Not, you know, there wasn't too much, to be honest with you, that was going on in the second half. Um, you know, other than, you know, Lacazette squandering a, a great opportunity where he was a bit greedy, um, which does... You know, sometimes you know you can understand it from a striker's perspective that you want to score, but you know, a goal that isn't just a bloody penalty, right? Um, but there was a moment for sure where he, you know we had such a great chance where there was a bit of an overload on the right hand side, and he should have continued the movement of the ball off to his right um, to Odegaard for for an opportunity, and he didn't, which was incredibly frustrating, especially when it's only one nil, and you know that. You know, as you get towards the end of the game, you're going to have some hairy moments, which we did, um, obviously right at the death. I mean, look, there was Pepe's calamitous substitute appearance, which, look, you know what you get with Pepe, and it's it's still frustrating to see um, that he hasn't quite improved his game. Consistency is not there. And it's, it's it becomes more and more evident sometimes when you see those those types of performances from him, why Arteta just can't trust him uh, to be in the starting eleven. Um and, you know, he gave away such a stupid free kick at the end. Um, and to any of us that were watching the game, we were just so, you know, 
you're tearing your hair out watching stuff like that from a professional footballer. You know, I wouldn't expect to see that on Sunday morning uh, in the last minute. You just, you know, you don't, you don't tackle there and you don't give, you know, give away a free kick in such a dangerous area. And, you know, I think that's partially what sparked such, you know, big celebrations at the end. It was, you know, it was a great piece by um, Tim Stillman written on our blog there. And it was, you know, we keep talking about this, you know, the fucking council culture of celebrations in the opposition and, he hit the nail on the head. It's not about them, right? You know, Neves, um, Ashley Young, you know, they're making it about them. It's not about them. It's about us. It's about where we are. It's about what we're doing. You know, we don't give a fuck about Wolves and Villa in the grand scheme of things. The only time I actually care about them is when, when we're playing against them. That's it. And it was, you know, I think, you know, he, he hit the nail on the head and he said, if it had just been a, you know, an end of the game, which petered out and, you know, Leno would smash the goal kick and then the uh, the whistle went. I don't think we would have seen as big a celebrations as we did. It was just the fact that, you know, under the cosh, Leno's had to make a, a save and push it out well. And then the whistle goes and we're all down that end, right? Every single one of our players are within 20, you know, 20, 30 yards of each other down the end where the Arsenal lot are as well. So, you know, the council, you know, the council culture is really, it's, it's annoying, isn't it? I don't know about you. I'm getting a bit frustrated with it, but also it's, I just think it's quite nice that people don't like what we're doing. Um, and it's that fuck you mentality, which is streaming throughout the us uh, and the club. Uh, and I'm all for it, to be honest with you. The more middle fingers we can give to the opposition at the end of nine minutes, the happier we'll all be come the end of the season. Yeah. You know what What, what you said there, it feels really nicely. And I'm, I'm just going to jump topic into one good, one bad. Go on. um, because my because my one good and one bad is 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 very relevant to to the conversation. So I one good for the week was actually going to be Laura Woods, who completely owned Gabrielle Bonhor. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the video, uh, listeners. If you haven't checked it out, it's on YouTube or uh, Talk Sports. It's and it's it's fantastic, you know, because obviously Gabrielle Bonhor came out after the game and said, "Oh, they're over celebrating, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And Laura Woods just completely owns him. You know, talks about you know if you can't enjoy the moments, you know, what is the point? And then and then plays this fantastic clip of Gabby. Only a, a matter of you know, months ago, uh, who you know was talking about you know, celebrating games, uh, goals, or whatever, and it, it was just it was really nice to sort of see that. And then the next day, he came out and made an apology. So I thought that was that was really funny. Um, Love that. Yeah, and uh, my one bad is is it, well, I've got two actually. It's, it's same same sort of topic. It's it's just the, the negative Arsenal fans. Um, <laughs> you, you know, we all know who they are. Some of them were right for the sum. Some of them live in Spain. Who just you know, in these moments of like, uh, you know, the fan base really together, you know, it's a real feel good environment and you just get these negative Nigels who are just hell bent on, on negativity and, and, you know, criticizing the fans for celebrating and saying, Oh, you're over celebrating. And you know what? And I just think like, what is the point? Like, you know, if you, if you've got your own match, well, what's the point in even involving yourself in football? Like, if you can't enjoy these moments, there is literally no point. There is because football people say it's, it's all about trophies and it's about winning. Well, it is about trophies, it is about winning, but it's all the moments in between as well, right? Yeah, and um, absolutely. Um, because yeah, I, I mean, look, we know we all know who you're talking about, and you know, going, we've said it on this podcast, mate. Like, the one of the greatest things about going to football, celebrating a goal, whether that's in the home end or the away end, this is. It's what we live for, mate, as football fans, right? Because there's nothing worse, right? We went to Brighton earlier in the season and there's nothing worse than going to games, especially for someone like me who doesn't go as often as I used to. You travel all that fucking way and you see a nil-nil. And you're like, yeah, it's great going to watch Arsenal, but the one thing I go for is that's 
you know, the limbs moments, it's the scenes. Yeah. It's just that unadulterated fucking 30 seconds of madness where you just lose control of yourself as an adult and you hug strangers, you go absolutely mental. That's what we live for, mate. Literally. Um, you know, so the way these chaps go on, it's like, okay, so according to you, how should I applaud a, you know, a goal at a football match? Should we all just politely just, you know, give a little clap, tip the hat and say, well, well done, chaps. That's good. Yeah. It's not great. It's just, oh, yeah, well done. I, I mean, I, I, to, to a degree, you know, I get it when it's, you know, it's actually young people, because like, it's, it's just jealousy, right? It's out of jealousy and they're just... Mm. They're just they're gutted. But when it's, you know, people on, you know, the inside who, you know, should be supporting the, the cause, it's it's a bit strange. And, and that's yeah. the definition it, for me is a glory hunter right there. Maybe. I don't it know. Is. If I you're only really interested in trophies, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's, do you love Arsenal or do you love Arsenal with trophies? Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. for me and for you, you know, I love Arsenal no matter what. Unfortunately, yeah, sometimes it's really shit and it's painful. And let's be honest, we've had a lot of those painful moments because of the heights we were at and how we've fallen. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly frustrating, but you have to look at look at the bigger picture. You look at what we've done, how we've gone about it. A lot of change, a lot of disruption. We moved stadium. Um, you know, the fans are incredibly divided for, for, for a lot of reasons, right and wrong. Um, you know, it was always you've got to be in and out. Why can't we just... Why? Why has everything got to be in and out all the time? You, you, yeah. you know, every, every two seconds, it's like, oh, you are tearing, you are tearing out. You're venguing, you're venger out. Uh, and, you know, we are allowed to change opinions as well. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 I've said on here, like, start the season, I, was, I wasn't I was a fan of Arteta. Didn't think he was taking us in the right direction. Eight my own words. And I stand by that and I stand by him. And I think he's done an incredible job. And, um, you know, I'm really pleased for him, to be honest. Um, exactly, because sometimes you've just got to let things play out. Yeah. That's, that's it, it. And, and as humans as football fans we you know we, we, we're impatient right? we want to fit now we want to know what's going on and sometimes you gotta you know take a back seat um i do actually have one other bad um right. and, I'll, and i'll come i'll hand it to you and steven gerrard for his strange comments about Kyrie saka um mm. and i just feel like his comments were sort of almost sort of like outdated and archaic and it almost felt like, you know, if you're being bullied at school or at work and it's that you go to the teacher and they say, oh, just, just man up. You know, it's, it's, it feels like that equivalent, right? Stephen Gerrard himself, when he was at Rangers, ironically, it's asked the for the thing. same thing. And it's yeah. like, and it baffled me, you know, um, and I just think it was a really sort of lazy comment and just just, just almost out of spite and just... Um, it's bitterness. It's... Bitterness, yeah. And I, 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 just, thought it was, I just thought like, you know, you, you expect better... From, from someone like Steven Gerrard, yes and no. Um, I mean, look, he's you know he's a fierce competitor, always has been, and I get I get that, right? But when you take yourself out of the heat at the moment, I mean, the fact that you have literally and to be honest, you, I'm sure you know you, you're you're a relatively smart guy, right? If you're if you're managing a club, you've got some sort of common sense about you. I would like to think, and some sort of sense and sensibility. So when he was saying these things, did his mind not go fucking out? I I uh. I kind of said this myself, actually, not here, but at Rangers. And in the world we live in, see, very easy to go and dig things back up, right? The, you know, the days are gone where you could say one thing one week and it's completely forgotten about. You know, as we know, Arsenal fan base will find anything about anybody on the internet. 
one way or another we'll get it um, yeah it didn't take long for someone to go and find that you know those quotes that were said after a rangers game and it's it's just part of the game like you, you know some of the things I, I agree like you said like you know we all love the physical aspect of the english game you can still be physical but you can't you can't go around fucking smashing people so what is your one good one bad one good um I don't know when it was announced, whether it was this week or last week, but it's it's fantastic because I can't stand him. I can't stand a lot of them, but this one in particular really gets my goat. And that's that Mike Dean is retiring at the end of the season. Um, I think good. that's very good. Um, I hate I hate referees that make make it all about themselves. Do you know what I mean? He's one of those. Like for me, a referee should come in, you know, facilitate the game and at the end of the game, you should then be able to go, oh, I barely even knew that, you know, the, you know, the ref was there. That's how it should be. The ref should just be there to facilitate the game, make the game flow. Um, and then at the end of the game, go, oh, yeah, yeah, that was a free flowing game. Yeah, he did. I thought the referee handled that quite well. You shouldn't be every fucking 10, 15 minutes watching someone in the middle, dramatizing the, the, the show, making it a show. Um, mm. And he's one of those. Um I don't particularly uh, buy into that, to be honest with you. Um, it's it's funny when, you know, he does certain stuff, but, you know, we've seen him celebrate Tottenham goals whilst he's refereeing the game, you know, there's that famous clip. Um, but yeah, things like that, I can't, you know, I just, fuck, fuck that. Go straight in the bin for me, Steve. That. Straight yeah. in the bin. That's a one good for me. And you want bad? Um, one bad? Two bad. One for- you can have as many bad as you like. I had a couple of bad, so. Oh, really? You're giving me the, the three reigns this week just because you did. That's kind of I mean, you- I mean, with me though, I, I kind of keep it to a, a a level. Whereas you could talk for about four hours easily. Yeah, I could talk to that wall behind me, mate. You, you'd long, you've logged off twenty minutes ago. <laughs> I'm still going, still going. Uh, number one band isn't football related, but uh, as you know, I've managed to, you know, me personally, I've managed to avoid COVID to date uh, somehow. No idea how, to be perfectly honest with you. But unfortunately, it has caught the missus. Um, so she's. She's got the vid. Yeah, she's got the Rona. Uh, so, yeah, she's not feeling too great. On top of that, the poor girl's got um, strep throat as well. So, yeah, she's going through the, uh, she's going through the mill this week. And she's uh, married to you as well. I know. What a fucking, what a palaver, mate. What a palaver. So, yeah, that's my one bad. Uh, it means that, you know, the weekend's going to be quiet and there's n- not a great deal of football on uh, other than Alternatively, it could mean a, a free pass for the weekend. Get out in Dublin, go sample some Guinness, yeah. eat some kebabs. Mate, I was, funny enough, speaking of kebabs, I was listening to the arse, uh, the arse yep. castle, the arse boss. Did you hear yeah. that? Yeah. And yeah. I thought did of you think you. of me? Yeah, you did. When he yes, said, did. just, just for the listeners, explain it to the listeners. So yeah, like obviously, you know, one of my biggest annoyances, which has been ongoing, is just that in Ireland, it's not. You know, in England, we're not exactly known for our cuisine, right? But there's a bloody good uh, choice and variety. Whereas in Ireland, the cuisine is more bland, more basic than it is back home. And then the variety is not really there. And one of the things which really lacks here is decent kebabs. Just throughout the country, it's, it's so hard to find. And as you know, I'm, the amount of times I spoke to you and I'm, I'm hankering a kebab, there's no, 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 there isn't one to get. And then when we came, you know, when I came over to Brentford, uh, a few weeks back, one of the things I did straight after the game was kebab, and it, it was, was good absolute, kebab. Oh, I mean, for me, it was like it was just so great, you know, because I can't get that on a weekly basis. So yeah, our blog was literally saying it. 
the other, you know, last week on his podcast, he's like, I had a real hankering for a kebab, but there's just no no place to get one in Dublin. I was I was going to text you, and I thought I'd just mention it on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to mention so, it. It's funny. Yeah, it is funny. I'm glad I'm not the only one, you know, living over here that gets these hankerings for a decent kebab. And What's just, a kebab? Yeah. My heart goes oh, out to him, and I feel his pain. So there you go. No, yeah, no, there you go. Are we are we done with your bads? Are we, yeah, are we, I'm not. I mean, look, yeah. there's not too too many bad what, things going on in my what world. Are the, what are the odds? Touch with you don't you get uh, COVID before Man United? Fuck off! Don't don't put that out. Don't there. even I mean, tempt look, it. I mean, look, just wear a hazmat suit. Yeah, go and be yellow out, wouldn't it? To be fair, I look quite <laughs> good. To be fair, but no, I think you know if I'm going to get it, I've, I've surely you know I think my missus had it since Monday. I'm yeah, still fine. fine. I think I'm just built different, mate. To be honest. You're built different, mate. <laughs> Upstairs. Anyway. No worries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> swiftly moving on. Uh, on this do. day. Go on then. 25th of March, 2003. Mm. We beat Chelsea 3-1 in an FA Cup replay. Interesting. Uh, I, I remember the first leg. Cause the first leg was on BBC. And it was like a 5.30 kickoff. We drew yeah. to all. I think we actually may have had this as our on our day, on this day a couple of weeks ago. So we won 3-1. I remember one of the goals, because one of the defenders scored an absolute quality goal in this game. To give you a little bit of a clue. It was it an own goal? Not by one of our players. I do remember this game quite well, actually. Um, I do believe everyone's favourite centre-back in the UK. Wayne Bridge's best mate. John Terry decided to put one through his own net that day. And Lauren scored. Thanks for giving me Wiltle a few. Scored. You're giving me a few of the... Uh, a few of the clues here, mate, yeah. for the starting 11. So I appreciate that. Okay, that's all right. I'd like to give you a fighting chance. So can you name the 11? Yeah, I'll give it a good shot anyway. Um, cut game, so it's always a little bit tricky because obviously, as we as we remember well, Wenger was always one for, for chopping and changing money for the cup competitions. So in goal for this one, I do just remember it, um, was Stuart Taylor. Yep. At right back, as you've just kindly given me one of them, uh, was also a goal scorer, was Laurent. Yep. Also, you gave me another clue, um, and that was the sending off of Pascal Sigan. I've literally handed you the team. Yeah, you, you really have. I mean, it's, it's Sorry. You know, you've literally set me up for a tap in here, um, which I'm not going to complain about, to be honest. Uh, also, we had probably Sol Campbell at this time. Yep. Uh, Left back. I'm gonna. Oh Jesus! No, is it too? It's too early for cliche. Uh, or was it? Oh, oh no! I will throw cliche out there. I don't know whether he joined this season or the following. If I'm honest, it was Colo Torre. Colo Torre. Well, left back. Well, it I mean, could this have been Seagon. It could have been. To C-Gon. be fair, this was Colo Torre's first season at Arsenal, and mm. this is what I loved about him the most at this time was he was just. You never knew where he was going to play. You never knew no. what you were getting. It was just chaos, um, but brilliant chaos. So, okay, yeah, we'll go We'll go in at left back. Um, centre mids, I'm going to go Vieira. Yep. And uh, Edu? Yeah, Edu. Edu, was, yeah. Yeah, around this yeah. time. Shout out to Vieira, who uh, was uh, inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame this week. Rightly as well. so. Rightly um, so. We should do a we rather fit into the player profile in, on him next week for our pretty much point before Palace. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad show, actually, because he is, yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. 
what what a chap. What a player. Um, wingers or other midfielders. I'm gonna go Ray Parler. Yep. And then yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go Perez. Yeah. Yeah, we good. The Perez, Vieira, Parler, Eddie. Two strikers. Two we'll strikers. Yeah, and the other one I think I'm I'm gonna get as well because the clue was given when we did this a couple of weeks ago. Um so obviously Wiltor was a goal scorer, so that's fairly straightforward. And I'm gonna go for that fantastic number nine. Fox in the box, Francis Jeffers. Yeah. Francis Jeffers is right. You did well then. I mean, you know, albeit with, with a few few he, clues he helps. a helping yeah. hand but it's friday yeah, i was feeling i was feeling generous the sun is shining yes yeah, for, for, for an imaginary days. bonus point can you name the Go three on. subs who came on who came on Easy. give you a clue burkamp uh, was not used and warmers warmers he's goalkeeper jesus yeah, yeah. um okay i'm going to say Fucking hell. Freddie Eunberg, one of them? Yep. Oh, mate, this is bloody... This is where it gets really tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Freddie... So let's give you them. I've got I've got an idea. I think Thierry Henry actually came on in this game. Yep. And one, on one the more... Yeah, and then one more... Uh, one more... He, could you clear, he, he left at the end of the season and went to Barcelona. Now oh, managers okay. uh, Rangers... Oh, Jesus, you only need to give me that first clue. Um, the most expensive name set in Arsenal history. Uh, Van Bronckhorst. Oh, absolutely. Spot on, mate. Do you do you yeah, quite well then? I mean, that was peak, peak, peak era for me. Um, so I'd like to think I can... It kind of went peak tongue after that and severely downhill um, from a memory perspective, from everything, to be honest. Is that why you wear the the bean? It's just a kind of does it hold your brain in place? Is it really? Is it more of like you know, like Darth Vader has to wear like a helmet to hold it all the bits in? That why? I, I, to be honest with you, I'm going to throw it out there. Star Wars, not for me. Are not you a Star for, Wars uh, fan. I used to be until the the uh, the prequels. The prequels. They okay. were horrendous with okay. Kylo Ren. I, okay, I mean, I'm big, t- I've got I, a bigger I, question. I've got a bigger question though, because I need to find out a few things here. Let's do the listeners, I feel. Go on in. Do you or do you not like Star Trek? No, I don't like Star Trek. Thank fuck for that. We would have been calling it a day if you did, to be honest. I'd, I'd asked, I would have binned off your wedding and everything. I have, and podcast I have, a lot. <laughs> I have seen one of the films there once on like Netflix and it was okay. And I watched a bit of it and it was okay. But yeah, I'm not I'm not a Trekkie. Never can never really get past the uniforms. Just a What's bit wrong with the uniforms. So did Just you bit... did you like the Thunderbirds going out? Yeah, yeah. You. you like that? Yeah, it's all about the that was effects, a good uniform right? to you, was it? Uh, I, you solid. know, what I did like Stingray. Stingray, solid. I used solid. to have the little, remember the little toy. I used to have a little toy, mm. and I used to have the what you know, what, what, whatever, wherever they lived, and it, it used to like go underground, didn't it? Here's a question for you: What was the go? I didn't, I wasn't massive into Stingray, but Thunderbirds was epic, right? What was the name of the uh, their be- where was their base? Honestly. Tracy Island. Get in there. No, you know the hesitation. <laughs> Do you know how, how I knew that as well? That has reinforced because there was a, was it McFly or Busted? When they when they made the movie, they made a song and, it, and it's uh, called Tracy Island. How much? Why do you know so much about McFly and Busted? <laughs> Do you not like Busted? I like... Fucking what? no. I love Busted. I'd go and what see happened? them. 
Equality. Did you cream your pants when they came together then? No. You didn't. Hang no, on. What, you didn't I enjoy do that? Like, do, busted. I, who doesn't like a bit of busted though? They got some bangers. I think they played, I think they played like Download or Reading Festival over here. On like the, you went just like, for that, didn't you? No, I didn't, but I'd go and see them. Would you? Yes. They got some bangers. You know, I actually have been listening. You know, you know, that is a good one. <laughs> you know what I've been listening to? You know what? <laughs> Do you know what I've been listening to recently, though? I'm sure Go you'll be then. really happy because Steph said to me the day, and she was like, Calvin would be proud. But listen to a lot of like R&B and hip hop. Good man. Yeah. But listen to Can Kanye. you be a little bit more specific, though? Uh, I mean, I just sort of go on playlists on like Amazon Music and just, it just, I just select like R&B rap and just reel off. It just, you know, plays a bit of everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one for the rock, to no. be honest with you. But indie, my brother, obviously, my brother's no, a big said, indie head. Yeah. But no, but you, was, you love R&B and all that jazz, don't you? So I yeah, I love... I am a gangster. And I used to yeah. always criticise it, but no, I, I, have, I do quite like it. Well, there was one thing that you, we did discuss the other day, um, which I was surprised you, you know, when you came back, because I just, I, I thought I'd ask the question, right? You know, I was like, have you watched the, uh, the Kanye West trilogy, for example? And you came yeah. back and you said, I love Kanye. Yeah. Explains a lot. Um, he's a bit, he's a bit mad, bless him. He's a bit out there, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, when you watch that, it's eye-opening though, isn't it? Yeah. He's definitely got, I mean, yeah. He's yeah. an interesting character, isn't he? Just to keep it PC. Keep it PC. We, something we never do on this show, Steve. So, uh-huh. yeah, fair play for doing something we never do. But, yeah, I think it's probably right to. I think there are bigger underlying factors for that chap. And it's yeah. sad when you look at how how cool he was growing up, right? Because, you know, I look back, that was, you know, speaking of R&B, hip-hop, you know, that late 90s, early naughty sort of period for me was the peak era for the collaborations that you saw between the two. Um, yeah, I love I love that shit growing up, mate. He still did. Grad, is it graduation? The the one with Good Morning on that record. Yeah, the, the first two three albums was incredible, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, timeless, yeah. mate. But uh, yeah. at the time, I was too busy listening to Panic at the Disco and like Blink One Eight Two. Still, absolutely. Clear. I bet you don't like either of them either. Do um, I mean Blink like One Eighty Two? I think Blink One Eighty Two had some, yeah. Some real decent numbers. Um, so we, we, you must have loved wearing a beanie numbers. back in the day, then, no? Beanie. I bet you had a. I bet you had a wallet with a keychain. I did a have a wallet with a keychain. <laughs> Look at this. You used to wear typical man. Used to wear like checkered vans. Mate, I'm still an emo. I'm still an emo. I'm still an emo at heart. I'm an emo football fan. Did you dye I, your hair dark? Yeah, uh, yeah I did have black oh, hair. Yeah, not my finest moment. Listen, we, we, I've made some questionable decisions in my time. Um, but we we live and learn from our mistakes, right? And it and it and it uh, it makes sense the person that we are today. Apparently so. Apparently I bet so. I, I bet you used to wear those um like uh what's, you know those like fiery shirts everyone used to wear at school discos. But used to wear Absolutely them. Absolutely like, not. No, no I've been caught. Cool. I mean, I've been cool throughout my entire life, and you know you just need to accept that. But one thing I was thinking about the other day, I've and seen I've photos know... of you with like the re- with the arse on team, mate. You definitely didn't look cool back then. What are you on about? My my wonderfully bleached hair. Um, slightly mulleted, you know. I was going for Pete Not David strong, Beckham-esque. No, it wasn't great. Well, you wear Mackenzie as well. Don't be stupid. No, I was wearing D squared, mate. Even back then, D you know I mean? squared. Yeah, who the, absolutely. Who the hell? Who the who the hell wears D squared, mate? Cool kids, mate. The cool kids. <laughs> the cool kids. I was going to say something just then. You completely made me lose my trail of thought. Ah, yeah. Did the? I'd love it if these travelled further than just the West Country. But there was a period in time way back when, when it was, you were really cool, right? If you used to wear these really baggy jeans, but they were called spliffy jeans. 
did these ever and then you had to wear those with uh an ice hockey top like you know mighty ducks or oh yeah maple. did that I, was that I, was that like a thing i'm i'm just looking at the spliffy jeans just Spl- it, oh. yeah that, i yeah. had a pair of them i never wore go. them oh. i never i never wore them because they just they were just ridiculous not emo enough yeah not emo enough so that's were, fair i like drain pipes skinny jeans even back then you were you were you were ahead of the Ahead of the uh, the yeah, game to go top man back in the day, yeah. Jesus Mate, nowadays, it, everyone just wears joggers and sweatpants everywhere. Yeah, no, no, anyway, no problem with it. Yeah, we've really down, gone off on a tangent. Really now. gone Jesus. down a rabbit hole. Um, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, is there anything else? Is there anything else we wanted to cover today? I don't think any more so. fashion tips for the listeners. Um, I can't think of any, mate. It's, yeah. I mean, it's summer soon, right? So time to put the the raincoats away. Put put Where your... you live in, mate. We live in we live in England and Ireland, buddy. It constantly rains. Come on, the raincoats <laughs> never go away. You can anyway, tell, we've come you full can, circle. You can tell the weather's getting nice when there's always like a um, kind of a, a bold chav wandering the streets with his t-shirt um, tucked into his tracky bottoms, carrying a can of cider. There's a stereotype one, for you. One thing that baffled me actually was that, and I think it still happens where lads tuck their tracksuit bottoms into their socks. Oh, See, Kanye that? made that cool though. Did he? Yeah. It, did he though? Well, he didn't make it cool. He he made it <laughs> something. It's, yeah, he made look, he made it more visibly aware for the the morons across the world. Uh, apologies to any of our listeners that have ever done that. I judge you though. Fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> Because it is All a right. bit of a... Calm down with your car, heart. All right, but yeah, I'm off building, mate. I've got to go and tarm out the M25. Yeah, I've got that. I've got that hat in navy blue. Probably a better coloured colourway. Uh, yellow is look... a, yeah, yellow is uh, a little bright. I just like to mix things up a little bit. Cool. To be honest with you, but anyway, I guess I guess, I guess we'll yeah. Yeah, shall well, we? Yeah, shall we? I've got I've got to go to work at some point. So oh, that's a ball lake. What time are you working till? I feel like I'm in the taxi there, look. 10 o'clock. Time on still. Time to start. <laughs> You've been busy. <laughs> Classic PK. Can't you can't knock it, but it's so true. So true. But anyway, look, as always, I guess we'd just like you thank you for, for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it, even though we've been talking absolute shit for the last 15, 20 minutes. And apologies for that. If you've enjoyed it though, please do leave us a review on Apple and Spotify. We greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to follow us on the major social media platforms, you can do so. Steve, our wonderful host, he can be found on both Twitter and Instagram at In The Clock End. Myself, you'll find me on Twitter at underscore the arse underscore and Instagram at the Arsenal shirt. But look, please keep an eye on our social media feeds for the next podcast. To be honest with you, I have no idea when it will be. I can't remember when Arsenal are playing next, to be perfectly honest. But look after yourselves. Look after each other. Take care. Bye-bye.